Welcome to Native New Health. Let's get started. Native New Health will address specific health concerns that plague our people. So the first step is regular exercise. Try this at home. It's up to you what you like to put on, but it's very simple and quick. Exercise regularly. We cannot emphasize this enough. And welcome to Native New Health, an exciting program designed for Native people by Native people. Hello, I'm Ed Dunn, and welcome again to Native New Health. Today we will be discussing a very serious health problem that's facing our native people. Hi, I'm Gina Gabosh and today's subject is dealing with cancer. Certainly this disease affects many brothers and sisters, so why don't you join us and let's talk about it. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you have cancer. This has to be one of the scariest things that anybody has ever heard from a doctor. And yet, it is estimated that over 1.6 million Americans and some 170,000 of the 32 million Canadians hear those dreaded words every year. As we continue with our Native New Health series, we must address this devastating disease that is prevalent in our society and amongst our Native peoples everywhere. While there is no national database that accurately presents comprehensive cancer data on natives, according to the National Cancer Institute and the Institute of Medicine, we do know that native peoples have the poorest survival rate from all cancers combined than any other racial group. That is very sad, isn't it? I would venture to say that it would be difficult to find one person who has not been affected by this disease either in his own health or in knowing someone, a loved one, a friend, who has succumbed to this insidious killer. So in this episode, we will address some of the most basic questions people ask about cancer. What is cancer? What are some of the risk factors that may cause cancer? How do I know if I have it? What are the symptoms? And most importantly, what can we do to prevent cancer? So let's get started. Just what is cancer? Cancer has been defined as a chronic degenerative condition in which normal cells in the body have become chemically altered and have mutated. Why is this bad? Well, since the cells are building blocks that form tissues and tissues make up the organs of the body, when they become changed, we get sick. Now, let's look at it another way. Normally, cells grow and divide to form new cells as the body needs them. When cells grow old, they die and new cells take their place. But sometimes this orderly process goes wrong. New cells form and develop when the body does not need them. And old cells do not die when they should. These extra cells can form a massive tissue called a growth or tumor. Tumors can be benign or malignant. Benign tumors are not cancer. They are rarely life-threatening. Malignant tumors are cancer and the cells from malignant tumors can invade and damage nearby tissues and organs or spread throughout the body. But not all cancers form tumors. For example, leukemia is a cancer of the bone marrow and blood. Dr. Russell Blaylock explains something very fascinating about the way our cells work. Normally cells 
are always talking to one another. Like telecommunications, the cells also have a communication system. By keeping the lines of communication open, cells keep each other from getting out of line. That is, they control and regulate each other's growth. Amazing, isn't it? If a cell starts to grow too fast, producing more and more cells and forming a tumor, its neighbors send a signal over telling it, hey, slow down. As with many things in nature, the conversation is by way of chemical messengers, like a mailman going from door to door. We now know that one of the earliest changes of a normal cell into a cancer cell is the loss of this communication system. Once cut off from its neighbors, the damaged cell begins to reproduce faster and faster, ignoring the panicked screams of its neighbors to stop, stop. Something mixes up the signal so that the cell no longer makes the necessary messengers. Now these cells have inside of them special structures called genes. Some cells have growth genes that put the brakes on cells dividing out of control. But if for some reason the growth switch is accidentally turned on, the cells can go wild, producing millions and even trillions of offspring cells. This is cancer. So what do we call those sleeping growth genes? We call them free radicals. These are chemical particles that can burn most things they touch through a process we call oxidation. In other words, it's as if we get rusty. Yes, Gina. In fact, 95% of all free radicals come from our own metabolism. The interesting thing is that when we slow our metabolism, we produce fewer free radicals. This might explain why animals fed low-calorie diets have fewer cancers. They are producing fewer free radicals. But you know what? The opposite is also true. If you increase your metabolism, you produce more free radicals, a lot more. This explains why animals on high-calorie diets have more cancers and overall shorter lifespans. You might want to keep this in mind the next time you eye that special dessert. You see, this highly processed, calorie-dense food becomes a source of free radicals. A fairly recent study reported in the journal Cancer emphasizes the importance of a connection between diseases such as arthritis, cardiovascular disease, or diabetes associated with increased free radicals and cancer risk. The bottom line is, the more free radicals we produce, the greater the likelihood is that we will eventually develop cancer. Thanks, Ed. Each normal cell in our body has a specific purpose and function. Dr. Otto Warburg, two-time Nobel Prize winner for his work with cells, has found that cancerous cells have lost all of their genetically programmed instructions. You see, normal cells use oxygen to produce energy for their vital processes. But cancer cells feed on the fermentation of sugar or glucose. As the cancerous tumors attach themselves to different organs, the tissues involved become starved for oxygen. As the tumor grows, the vital functions of the organ shut down and death follows. Author and cancer survivor Anne Frame says in her book, A Cancer Battle Plan, Unfortunately, cancer does not wait for its victims to become educated. That is why we are presenting you with this information on cancer, so you can become aware of the likely causes and take action. Nothing is guaranteed in this life, but every choice we make has consequences, either for good or for bad, or for health or disease. So, let's continue learning and find out the leading factors that cause cancer and how to make the right life choices. 
Doctors often cannot explain why one person develops cancer and another does not. But research shows that certain risk factors increase the chance that a person will develop cancer. The following are the most common risk factors for cancer, many of which have to do with our lifestyle choices. The first and most important factor is actually growing older. Most cancers occur in people over the age of 65. While getting older is not our choice, nor a guarantee you will get cancer, we should do all we can to face our golden years with dignity and optimum health. It is a matter of choice, and you are never too old or too young to get started. The second factor is tobacco use, and this is the most preventable cause of death. Over 40% of our native people smoke. Each year, more than 180,000 people die in the U.S. alone from cancer that is related to tobacco use. In Canada, it's not much better. So please, don't become a statistic. If you smoke, quit now. Using tobacco products or regularly being around tobacco smoke increases the risk of cancer. The evidence is overwhelming. So why would you even want to get started in the first place? Smokers are more likely than non-smokers to develop cancer of the lung, larynx or voice box, mouth, esophagus, bladder, kidney, throat, stomach, pancreas or cervix. They also are more likely to develop acute leukemia, which is cancer that starts in the blood cells. So if you don't smoke, don't get started. But if you do, please, please stop now. There is help available for you. There are many resources to help people stop using tobacco. Also, please request our Native New Health episode number four, Freedom from Smoking. The information will appear at the end of this program, so please get your pencil ready. The third risk factor is the use of alcohol. Some studies now show that having more than two drinks each day for many years will increase the chance of developing cancers of the mouth, throat, esophagus, larynx, liver, and breast. The risk increases with the amount of alcohol that a person drinks. And for most of these cancers, the risk is higher for a drinker who uses tobacco. Why play Russian roulette with your life? This man-made drug is not necessary to sustain life. On the contrary, alcohol destroys life and your family also. So please stay away from it. Now, let's hear an important message from Dr. Chris Church, a cancer specialist. Hello, I'm Dr. Christopher Church. I'm a head and neck surgeon at Loma Linda University in Southern California, and I'm proud to have a Mohican ancestry. My patients often ask me, what is cancer? And it's not a simple answer. The short version of it is, is that something has gone wrong within the control center of the cells, and they proliferate, that is, grow, without the normal kind of control that cells usually have. And this can have devastating effects throughout the body. The causes of cancer are complicated and complex. But the better question is, what are the causes of cancer that we can do something about? The most common things that we do that can bring on cancer have to do with the habits that we indulge in, such as smoking and alcohol use. Poor diet and lack of exercise is also linked to some cancers. So what can we do to prevent these? Well, if you smoke, stop now. If you drink alcohol, cut back, or better yet, stop completely. 
If you don't exercise, get out there and start an exercise program. And if you have a lifestyle that involves consumption of lots of fatty, sweetie foods, get rid of that. Change that. Get over to some healthy fruits, vegetables, and grains. Is there a cure for cancer? Well, it depends what type of cancer you're talking about. Many cancers can be operated on and possibly removed, and some can be treated with chemotherapy or radiation therapy. But not all cancers are curable, unfortunately. If you asked me what I would give as advice for preventing cancer in your life, probably the number one thing is quitting smoking. So many cancers are caused by this, cancers of the of mouth and the throat, the lungs, and many other cancers throughout the body have now been linked with tobacco use. In my area of special expertise, that is cancers of the throat, of the voice box, of the lips, tongue, and mouth, alcohol and tobacco use are the number one cause. In fact, tobacco alone is bad enough, but if you add alcohol use on top of that, the risk of cancer just exponentially grows. I think of a, a beautiful family that we took care of recently. The husband had developed a cancer of the throat and it was so extensive because of his smoking and alcohol use that he had to have his voice box and tongue removed. And while he was still there, he, he was no longer able to speak with his kids and talk with his wife and he couldn't swallow normally. The poor man had been so addicted to smoking that after this he continued to smoke and unfortunately the cancer returned. Who's susceptible to cancer? Well, there are many different types of cancers, but the kinds that are caused by our lifestyle choices can happen in anyone. Just because your grandfather lived to 110 and smoked and drank every day of his life doesn't mean that you will. The choices that we make right now are essential in terms of what's going to happen in the future in our health, particularly when it comes to cancer. If you stop smoking right now, in seven years, your risk of cancer will get to be that of a person who had never smoked. I think of one beautiful native woman who came in with her husband. They had been through some tough times financially over the years and had finally arrived. They had a beautiful family with grandchildren on the way a nice home and wonderful things to enjoy. But unfortunately, the smoking habit that she had developed as a young woman had led to the growth of a cancer in her throat now. And while she survived, we had to do extensive surgery on her and radiation afterwards. And she will have the scars and the difficulty with swallowing and talking forever. If people could only see what I see every day at work, the high price that one pays for a lifetime's abuse of tobacco and alcohol, it would make a huge difference in your choices, I'm sure. I urge you, make those lifestyle changes. You'll be glad you did. Now, let's talk about the fourth risk factor, radiation in sunlight. Here is a case where we can have too much of a good thing. No one can deny that we need sunlight for healthy living but too much of it is damaging. Ultraviolet or UV radiation comes from the sun and also from sun lamps and tanning booths. It causes aging of the skin and skin damage that can lead to skin cancer. Here is some practical advice for you and your family. 
It is best to avoid the midday hot sun whenever possible. But if you need to be outdoors for a prolonged period of time, protect yourself. Wear long sleeves, long pants, a hat with a wide brim, and sunglasses with lenses that protect your eyes against UV rays. Use good quality sunscreen with a sun protective factor of at least 15. Well, let's look at risk factor number five, which is exposure to certain chemicals and other toxic substances, such as asbestos, vinyl chloride, benzene, cadmium, nickel, and toxic gases such as radon. All these can cause cancer, so follow instructions and safety tips to avoid or reduce contact with these harmful substances, both at work and at home. Risk factor number six is infections from certain viruses, bacteria, or fungi that may increase the risk of developing cancer. This includes HIV, hepatitis B and C, and the HPV or human papillomavirus, which is the main cause of cervical cancer. Risk factor number seven has to do with certain hormone replacement therapies such as estrogen. Along with estrogen, the doctors may recommend progestin used to help control problems that may occur during menopause. However, studies show that this hormone therapy may increase the risk of breast cancer, heart attacks, stroke, or blood clots. Risk factor number eight may surprise you. It is simply a poor diet, lack of physical activity, and being overweight. Scientists now agree that these bad lifestyle choices can increase the risk of several types of cancer. For example, Dr. Patrick Quillen, the Director of Nutrition for Cancer Treatment Centers of America, says that a conservative estimate states that over 30% of all cancer may be nutrition related. Isn't that amazing? Studies suggest that people whose diet is high in fat have an increased risk of cancer of the colon, uterus and prostate. Lack of physical activity and being overweight are risk factors for cancer of the breast, kidney, colon and esophagus. This gives more meaning to that old saying that we dig our grave with our fork and spoon, doesn't it? Yes, as you can see, most cancer is a result of our modern day lifestyle and the choices we make every day. In other words, we bring it upon ourselves. It doesn't take much to realize that many of these risk factors can be avoided. We just have to be smart and stay away from those things that can give us cancer. Your life depends on it. We have now covered what cancer is and some of the risk factors that cause it. But I hear you asking, how do I know if I have cancer? Well, here are some of the symptoms. A thickening or lump in the breast or any other part of the body. A new mole or change in an existing mole. A sore that does not heal. Hoarseness or a cough that does not go away. Change in bowel or bladder habits. Discomfort after eating. A hard time swallowing. Weight gain or loss with no reason. Unusual bleeding or discharge. Feeling weak or very tired. Most often, these symptoms are not due to cancer, but only a doctor can tell you for sure. So, if you have any of these symptoms, go see your doctor as soon as possible. But, what if your diagnosis is positive? Well, get a second opinion. Many insurance companies will cover a second opinion if your doctor requests it. But, 
Should you or someone you love need help at any stage of cancer, there is supportive care available by calling the National Cancer Institute at 1-800-4-CANCER, C-A-N-C-E-R. Or you may go to their website at www.cancer.gov. We will show this information again at the end. Some people afflicted with cancer use uh, complementary or alternative medicine, and that's okay. But whatever system you use, it's your health, so be committed to recovering your health and well-being. Again, the National Cancer Institute offers a fact sheet on this. You may also go to the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine at www.nccam.nih.gov or call 1-888-644-6226. We will have this information again at the end of the program. And now it's time to learn about the most important thing we can learn about cancer, and that's prevention. The first thing that we can do is stay away from those risk factors that we mentioned earlier that can cause cancer, especially smoking. According to Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, we should let food be our medicine and medicine be our food. Dr. Quillen says, when a person maintains a healthy lifestyle, that person's body is self-regulating and self-repairing. Have you ever noticed in the wild, a predator such as a wolf stalks and takes down the slowest and weakest of his prey? It's the same within our bodies. The cancer catches the slowest or sickest cells and then takes control of them. However, by using proper nutrition, the body becomes more effective in recognizing and destroying the defective cancer cells. Therefore, nutrition is an essential component of a comprehensive cancer prevention and even treatment program. You see, often proper nutrition reshapes the body's defenses against cancer. The National Cancer Institute calls this biological response modifiers. Friends, we have nothing to lose by improving the quality of our nutrition, but a lot to gain. Have you ever visited a zoo and seen a sign on the junk food vending machines that says, do not feed this to animals, they could get sick and die? We must ask ourselves, what food could be good for humans that kills animals? I believe it's time we take a serious look at the kind of junk foods we are eating and feeding to our family, don't you think? I sure think so. In the past 50 years, we have been flooded with sugar and junk foods. Today, Americans consume 15 billion gallons of soda pop every year, 700 donuts per person every year, 150 pounds of sugar per person each year. That is why our people have one of the highest rates of diabetes, obesity, and cancer. Our reservations and reserves are sad evidence of these epidemics. Absolutely, Ed. This is literally killing our people. As we continue to talk about prevention, we need to look at another underlying cause of cancer. While we do not know conclusively that stress causes cancer, a stressful lifestyle suppresses the immune system, which opens the door for cancer to take hold. Therefore, health and healing may also begin with a positive attitude. Optimism, hope, and a conquering victorious spirit are the most important emotions in order to promote optimum health and to help prevent and fight cancer. 
diet and nutrition are important, but a positive attitude is even more important. The mind plays a powerful role in preventing disease and in promoting healing. Negative attitudes, on the other hand, are devastating to health. Even in the great book of heaven, it says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. It has been demonstrated that positive emotions, such as good thoughts of love, forgiveness, a sense of purpose, helping others, friendship, all generate endorphins. These are hormones that boost the immune system and helps us fight disease. But in this fast-paced, adrenaline rush world we live in, our immune systems are depressed and overly stressed with the burdens of life. When we combine that with being poorly nourished, we are setting the stage for poor health and even cancer. But friends, it's not the food in your life that counts, it's the life in your food that counts. Your food needs to be as unprocessed and as natural as possible. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, the ancestral diet of the native hunter-gatherers included lean, clean wild game and fish with lots of vegetables, grains, eggs, fruits, seeds, legumes, and lots of clean water and fresh air. The calorie intake was about 20% fat, 30% protein, and 50% complex carbohydrates. Some call this balanced diet ideal for optimum body function. So, like our native ancestral diet shows, we must learn to eat to live and not live to eat. One of the most recent studies has shown that our bodies do better with less food than with more. So we do better if we stop eating before we feel stuffed. Friends, the choices we make on a daily basis regarding the foods we eat, the amount of exercise we do, and the way we handle stress will show that we are either our own best friend or our own worst enemy. Let's determine to make better choices every day so that the life we live in this earth, we will live for the good of ourselves as well as for the good health of others. What do you say? Now, let us remember that to establish a healthy lifestyle change that will strengthen your immune system, you must have proper nutrition, physical activity, three 20-minute walks per day in the fresh, clean air will be ideal, six to eight glasses of fresh, clean water per day, seven to eight hours of sleep per night, and be moderate in all things. Also, remember to trust in your great Creator God who provides you with all the good things in life. The acronym New Start from our friends at Weimar Institute, which we studied in earlier episodes, will help you remember each step of a good, all-natural lifestyle. Here it is. N. Nutrition. E. Exercise. W. Water. S. Sunshine. T. For Temperance. A. For Air. R. Rest. T. Trust in God. Well, it's time to say goodbye again. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for taking the time to learn about your health and the health of your family. So see you next time on our next episode of Native, Native New, New Health. Health.